Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. to episode 56 of the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I am trying something new just to improve the quality of the video component of the podcast just slightly. This is by no means where it is going to end up. I've got things balancing on books. I've got like an outdoor side table holding my microphone. I've really just done my best right now to try to improve the quality so you can watch on YouTube. I've just been finding myself watching so much content, so much more content on YouTube and gravitating towards YouTube, which I really want to work on in the new year. So thank you so much. If you are watching and supporting the channel, I really, really appreciate it. Today's topic we are going to be talking about is the mindset of physique success and When I talk about success, I'm talking about really it's the ability for someone to continue to make progression over years and for them to stay consistent in that process. That's what I see as success. I don't see physique success necessarily as a specific physique outcome. It's that the person is able to be consistent and consistently progressing over long, long periods of times. And by that, I mean like decades. That's what I'm thinking about when I think of success. Because one of the things I love about training, and I don't know if you love this too, but one of the things I love so much about training is that it's not a matter of compound interest like, say, savings is, because with savings and compound interest, you can put in, say, a bit of money and then stop, and the interest will continue to compound compound over time without you having to do anything. But after a certain point in time with training, you will regress and you will go backwards and you won't be able to maintain what you had built. And there is a part of me, maybe you'll say it's a sick part of me, but I don't think so. I think it's very human to appreciate this process and I'm actually going to be talking about that a lot today. So what's the problem here and how do you know if this episode is going to be useful for you? So here's the way I see it. There are four main problems that are that I commonly see with the women I coach. So this is not a podcast for the general public. It's really for the kind of women that I coach who are tend to high achievers, tend to perfectionism, tend to lots of self-doubt and criticism. They also tend to have pretty big goals and desires and they typically do like to train somewhat in some way. Okay, so this is who I'm very much speaking to. So what are these four problems? So the first one we have is perfectionism. And so what this tends to lead to, and I'm going to get into each one of these in more detail soon, but it often leads to the urge to self-sabotage. And this could be with food, like overeating or undereating. 
can be big gaps in training as well. So perfectionism is the first one. The second one is body image stuff. So again, typically this will come from tying our self-worth to our looks. And this can go either way. And it's I've got an interesting uh, example to talk to you about where a lot of people, I think, associate this with poor body image. And at the same time, someone can be very proud of their physique and yet it's still very much tied to the way that they value themselves so how they look even though they're happy with that is actually very much tied to their worthiness and if we see something like an injury or an illness or something like that that then gets in the way of that the person can have a lot of trouble the third one is achievement and deriving value, our worthiness and value from progression. And if you don't make progression or if you don't, then the pursuit in, in its entirety is not worth it or you're not worth it, you know, and you don't deserve um, to take up space if you're not actually making progress. And the last one is this idea of discomfort, which I think is really human to want to run away from. And I think it's not that common to lean into, but there is a superpower in leaning into discomfort that I wanted to talk about. If you're watching on YouTube and you can see me looking behind the camera kind of thing, um, it is because I am reading off some notes or looking at referring to some of my notes. And I want to do that to make sure I stay very much on track because I've said this a million times, but I can sometimes go off on tangents and then miss the points that I wanted to speak on. So if you do see that, uh, thank you for your patience. I'm still, like I said, I'm working out how to film appropriately for YouTube and the podcast and make it entertaining and enjoyable at the same time. And I it will get better, I promise. So how do we go about addressing these four issues, which I'm sure you've just listened to and you're probably like, shit, all four apply to me or at least, you know, two or three do. So I did an episode recently called, geez, I don't even know what it's called, something about mindset, like what the fuck is mindset or what mindset actually is. And I would definitely refer you back to that episode to have a listen to after this one, because in that I, I really talk about the underpinning key of mindset is what we believe to be true about us, about other people, and about the way the world works will have a huge impact on the results we see. Now, I'm not full woo-woo vibes where it's like everything in your reality is your fault and that toxic positivity, I'm really, really against that. I think it's incredibly harmful. I went down that path and It just doesn't account for the complexities of life. And to be frank with you, I think people who believe that are lazy, are lazy as fuck. And to to pretend that they know about like quantum physics is just a joke. It's it's completely disrespectful to the, the scientists and the academics who are putting their life's work into even being able to comprehend these topics. And and still, they're like. I know, I know people say like, if you think you understand quantum physics, you don't understand it. And I just think it gets wrapped up in this woo-woo world and then people are making lots of money pretending that they have the secrets to a happy life and it's just a load of shit. So I don't want to go down that path, but what I do want to say is whilst we cannot control what happens externally to us or just you know, wars and illnesses and tragedies are just so much that can happen. Absolutely. And you don't have any control over that. And it's not your thoughts creating that. It's just 
It's not your thoughts creating those things. Having said that, in terms of how we respond, what I have seen is what we do believe we are capable of, what we believe other people are capable of, what we believe happens and the way the world works does have an impact and a a big impact on those things. You might have heard the analogy before about two kids who had an alcoholic father one they the the story is usually like i think one is like homeless and also an alcoholic and the other is you know doing well for themselves and when people ask you know what was the reason for your success and they both point to their father and their father's experience and you know one took it one way one took it the other way okay and again i don't want to dive into realms of toxic positivity But I do think that it is really important that we do take some ownership for the way we respond. And if we're not liking how we're responding continuously over time, we actually do have some power to make a change. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's comfortable. But we do have some power at least. And it's worth exercising that power. I believe it's worth exercising that power. I also believe that there is a lot of satisfaction that comes with exercising that power. And I think training is an amazing vehicle for us to do these things. So let's have a look at these. They're all going to be related to a perspective shift. So that's why I was talking about beliefs just then. I went on a little bit of a spill and lost my track of uh, thought again. But I was talking about beliefs because each one of these pieces starts with underlying beliefs. And then it results in what we end up doing over time. Over long periods of time, you'll never act against what you believe to be true. Over long periods of time, we act in alignment with what we believe to be true. Okay. And again, it can be a little bit uncomfortable to hear that, but it's okay. We just have to come back to the things we are assuming to be true, write them out on a piece of paper, and then start to question them. And I'll go through some different strategies as we go through the podcast. So the first one I wanted to talk about was perfectionism. Now, perfectionism isn't all bad, of course. It can motivate us towards achieving amazing things. And we have what I understand to be called maladaptive perfectionism and adaptive perfectionism. So as they sound like maladaptive is not great and it can lead to some detrimental outcomes and adaptive perfectionism is where we can actually use it to our benefit to strive towards really exciting goals that stretch us and ask us to be a better person and we can do really cool things with our life whereas the maladaptive perfectionism is what you would tend to hear when we're talking about all or nothing type behaviors okay or procrastination being too scared to do something that you really want to do because you're terrified of failure or judgment okay so you can see how perfectionism isn't all bad we've got adaptive and maladaptive and i think the biggest thing that I see coming up for the women that I'm coaching is there's, there's a playoff between both of these at all times. It's not, you don't, I don't believe a person has one or the other. I believe that it's like a, a balancing act and at certain times one might be higher on the scale than the other. But the good news is with perfectionism is that we can start to practice ways of engaging with it in ways that are going to benefit us and our goals okay so for example an example with perfectionism and food or perfectionism and training they're they're quite similar examples so perfectionism with training might be well 
I'm only going to have 30 minutes to get a session in and I won't be able to do the whole session, so what's the point? And you don't do it. Or well, I trained, I've heard this from a client last, well, the week before last week was I got two or three sessions in and they were fantastic, but then I had, I missed one or two, so the week was a write-off. And I really pushed, pushed back on that. I was like, I beg your pardon, can you please tell me how the whole week was written off when you got three sessions in? It's really important to start to tease out and question it because, again, it's just an underlying belief. The underlying belief is if I don't do everything to 100%, none of it's worth it. And it's really, really important, especially in this quote-unquote physique game. And I will talk about physique. Some for, for a lot of us, we're not just training just for physique, even though we like the physique outcomes. There's a whole raft of reasons why we're training but it is really important to push back on these beliefs and ask ourselves, you know, what are we, what are we, when we're coming up with that, say, calling a whole week a write off, what do we believe to be true? And what else is possible? What else could be true? And you might need to speak to other people to get their ideas or, like, you know, enlist the help of a coach to get their ideas because sometimes we're so entrenched in a belief, we just, it seems like a fact. And what we're really doing is teasing out these facts and making sure we're building a foundation that is going to help support us in the long term. Because what I find is when we're just leaning into this all or nothing mentality, it's not sustainable. And if it's not sustainable, like I said, again, with these physique type outcomes, it's not compounding interest. You can't just go hard for six months and then never touch a weight again and you're going to get accumulation of gains it doesn't how doesn't it isn't how physique works with what we're doing here you've got to continuously put in time and effort and it is very fair to say once you develop these skills and once it's become a habit the effort feels a whole lot less and i think it definitely becomes a whole lot more fun as well although you know that can tend to be boring and we'll talk about that in the last one so potentially like the resistance or the friction to engaging in this will will die down as you become more skilled at it and as it becomes a habit but you still have to do the things you still have to show up you still have to train close to failure year on year on year if we want to see these these gains okay so how do we actually start to practice this piece of leaning into adaptive perfectionism versus maladaptive perfectionism it's going to come down to you being very intentional every single day to do this through it could be through mindfulness just drawing your attention to previous thought patterns that are engaging in this all or nothing black white type thinking and starting to rewrite them. So a really helpful technique you might use is to write down, say, a typical scenario that you would encounter and how your perfectionism might show up. So it could be well, if I've only trained three days and I have a four day or five day training program, the whole week is a write off. That's my belief. Okay, that's what I believe is true. All right, what else is true about that? What what else could be possible here? And how could I approach my week differently than usual? So it could be, okay, so if I can only do three sessions, when I hear myself say in my head, well, that was a write-off, I'm going to correct myself and, and say, well, actually for these muscle groups, I ticked off all of the training volume I needed to do. And 
my body doesn't necessarily know seven days. It doesn't know a week. So can I get those sessions in relatively soon after that period of time and potentially get that volume up if I wanted to? You don't have to do that. It's just really being comfortable with being on a spectrum rather than needing to make things too simple and be an on-off switch. It's just not an on-off switch. And again, I'll just say like it's quite lazy to be in this all or nothing thinking. It's really quite lazy. And it's not appreciating the nuance and complexity and, and, and dynamic nature of being a human who is wanting to achieve specific outcomes and live a certain lifestyle over longer periods of time. It's just lazy to be indulging in black and white thinking. And that's fine if you want to be lazy. That's cool. But I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this and you're hearing it, you're like, fuck, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm really done with that. And the biggest, most important thing I can say here is it's not necessarily easy to keep your attention focused on these intentful ways of thinking every day. You're going to revert back to your old uh, narratives really quickly like it happens real quick if you've ever tried to do any of this intentional work you know there's quite it's there's quite a lot of resistance against it so you it it really asks you to to ask yourself how important is this work to me how important is it that i start to rewrite this story about perfectionism because if it is really important then you will do the work and it could look like First thing in the morning, spending two to three minutes with a journal, writing down the beliefs that you currently have, the beliefs that you want to have, what situations might come up where you can practice the new ones. What are you going to repeat to yourself over and over again? And I know that it can seem useless because it can feel fake or false writing these things out if they don't feel real. And this is where I would say to you to focus on what situations can you practice saying these new phrases to yourself? Like when they come up, what would be a situation that you can practice saying the phrase to yourself? And then what actions would you take that would be different to the ones that you would have taken with the old belief and then engage in those actions? Because it's you engaging in the actions, the different set of actions over time that will make these new beliefs actually be real. If, we, if we're if we only doing this in our head or our journal, it's not going to dare I say, manifest in real life. We will have to take the action. So we're really needing to take some intentional time to ask ourselves, okay, from this belief stems this set of actions. From the new belief that I want to take, maybe you don't know, but you could hazard a guess of what different actions you might take if you had a different belief. And you've then got to start to actually take those actions because it's going to provide you with new evidence that will help you let go of the old belief and step into the new belief. And this is a constant process that will, will happen over time. And you can use this in all different areas of your life. But with perfectionism, it's going to take intention and mild mindfulness. And you actually, with intention, rewriting the old thoughts about judgment. What does judgment mean? What does failure mean? Why is this so catastrophic? Why is it so black and white? And really finding evidence in the real world that another option exists. Because it does. Like it does. I think we can all agree that it does. 
All right, pillar number two was body image, okay, and body image stuff, which I think is really important to to chat about, but I also just want to make it very clear, of course, I'm not a, a psychologist, and if you do need support in this area, then please seek that support, and I have a lot of clients who do seek support specifically in this area in terms of uh, both counselors and psychologists, and it's, it's very useful for them. But if we're looking at someone who is, I would say, a more mild case of having some body image issues, hang up, hang ups, issue hang ups, which I think a lot of women have, unfortunately, then there are still some things that we can have a look at and that we can put in place. This one, actually, even the perfectionism one, something I struggled with and have continued to struggle with, not with training and nutrition anymore. It's completely gone in that area of my life. But I'll be frank with you, definitely in my business setting, it's been a big lesson of this year to let go of that and to continually focus on the process rather than the outcome and who I am being and understanding that I did have all of these old beliefs that are just not serving me and to start creating evidence in favor of the new ones I want. But body image is a huge one that I've struggled with for like 15 years or did. When I hit 30, so I'm 35 now, just before I hit 30, I had a huge shift in mindset with my body image and you can listen to it. There's a number of podcasts I've spoken about it, but episode one for sure, if you haven't heard that yet, definitely have a look at that. And I just wanted to take you through some of the the things that really helped me shift this body image one, okay? So the best way that I can describe this is seeing your inherent value in yourself and other people literally just for being alive and some of you might be like yeah but you haven't earned it or you might be saying this about yourself yeah but I haven't earned it then if I'm if if I'm worthy just for being alive I haven't done anything to earn it and I would really question that in and of itself because that's something I've definitely had as well that if something isn't earned then I don't deserve it but I truly and utterly believe every single human that is born on this earth is worthy and valuable just as they are. And shit happens to people and circumstances happen to people and we're not perfect and all of us do things we're not proud of and it doesn't make us any less worthy or valuable in my eyes. That is what I believe. It extends to everyone. Okay, so really looking at yourself like that and saying, I don't need to earn it through typically looking a certain way, weighing a certain amount, being quote unquote attractive, meeting certain standards of beauty at any given time, having, this is just horrible, but like having a trending physique, whether that's, you know, a small waist or being muscular. I know a lot of women right now are really feeling upset about this whole like muscularity vibe. I know a lot of women are feeling upset that the gym was a place where for a little while they found a lot of joy and passion in. And then I think a lot of women are leaning into, unfortunately, comparison and they're finding that a big trend in the fitness industry right now, I guess, is women being jacked. But in that, they're actually comparing themselves to other women, feeling like they're falling short and then feeling like they can't also be proud of the muscle that they've gained, 
which is really, really unfortunate. It's not something that this is not actually something that I've ever felt the, the, the jacked thing. Like I'm not the most jacked woman at all, but I really love the muscle I have and I'm not comparing the amount of muscle I have to anyone. It's a really interesting thing I've been thinking about recently is like, why, why didn't I go down that track? And I think it's because I've really truly done away with the worthiness and value piece coming from my physique. So it just doesn't matter. It's like, don't care that I'm not the leanest. Don't care that I'm not the most jacked. What matters to me is who I am and the vehicle that training allows me to express certain character traits that I really admire, like being consistent, like doing things when I don't want to, like pushing through a really hard set, like that the feeling of being able to do that and accomplish that gives me a lot of confidence uh, in myself, which then filters into other areas of my life. I get a lot of joy and I don't really care if the outcome on my body isn't the most jacked, isn't the most lean, isn't the most this. I Like, I don't care. That's not what I care about because being the most jacked, being the most lean, whatever, you can still be a really miserable person and have all of those things. It's never the outcome that's going to give us that personal satisfaction where we can hold our head high. It's always going to come back to who we who we are and who we are is what carries over into all different facets of our life and we have to live with ourselves at the end of the day and outcomes and haves can all be taken away from us in the blink of an eye and who are we left with we're left with our character traits our personality our morals our standards our beliefs so it's really important that's where we work on now i went off on a bit of a tangent i'll try and keep to my notes um I have had some clients who believe that their looks are the only special thing about them, the only important thing about them. And if they change the way they look or if they quote unquote let it go or whatnot, then they won't be special or worthy. And again, it's just looking at how can we start to build tangible evidence that you have qualities that you find value in outside of just your looks. Okay. And it's like, man, looks can be fleeting. You just never know what's going to happen. And how about we build a little bit more of a solid foundation through character traits and qualities and being a good sister, being a good daughter, being a good wife and friend and community member. And it's those things that will have you sleeping much better at night than being a fucking pretty shitty person or not even being a shitty person, but just being feeling so uncomfortable in yourself because of the behaviors that you're engaging in over time no decent physique will 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 um stop that feeling from happening you can't run away from that you can't run away from who you are and whether that you have respect for yourself in that sense You could be at the other end where you feel completely horrid when you look in the mirror and really don't like what you see And in that case, I do want to say, again, this is very macro's perspective. I've spoken about, we've had a joke about how I call us like meat suits. But it's really one of the beliefs I had and one of the beliefs that really helped me was just this zoomed out perspective of like, you know, how amazing is it that I actually exist in a, I call it a meat suit on this earth. It's nuts. When you zoom out, Right, I actually went to the planetarium on Friday night and it was really cool, but you get to you know see the earth from very far away and it's like 
when you zoom out, the fact that you're actually here standing is ridiculous. It's just mind-blowing. Like, how is this even possible? And when you come at it from that perspective, you're like, what? I'm I'm worried about, you know, a piece of skin or some body fat or something. It just it's the 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 meaningful of it meaningfulness of it just drops when you're like, I can't believe I'm even here. And, you know, I have the capacity to be a good person. I have the capacity to make someone someone else's life easier or better or more enjoyable or me, more meaningful. Me just being me gives someone else the capacity to experience love and joy. And it's like, when I think of this, it's almost like, like the love I have for my little dog, Minnie. Honestly, it's crazy. The, the feeling and just by her existing, she doesn't have to do anything and I'm the one who gets to feel the love for having her in my life. And you're that for, for your friends. You're that for your family. You're that for your partners. You're that for your kids, right? It, like, how special is that? And I think when we come from this perspective, it's just like, and I'm hung up on having, you know, starting to go gray. Or I'm hung up on this mole on my face. Or, I, or I'm hung up on not having straight teeth. Really? You just go, shit, man, That's it's just distracting me from what's actually important here in, in life, which is fair. Like, it's very human. We're being bombarded with hundreds of thousands of adverts every single day telling you all of the things that are wrong with you so they can sell you something to fix it. Okay, like, I get it. Fucking, I get it. I suffered with this for 15 years. I get it. I totally get it. I'm not trying to minimize your feelings or or any of those sorts of things or your experience. I am trying to offer you a perspective shift to help change this for you. Um, I had a client at the end of last year diagnosed with MS and just to, she's amazing <laughs> and the way she's handled it is, is amazing and it just is, was a big reminder to me of how fleeting physical mobility function can be and at the same time it's like, you know what, fuck, touch wood, and I'm very grateful for the for, for the fact that I can, you know, I can walk, she can walk, which is fantastic, but I can walk, she can walk, we can, you know, move our hands around, we can grab things easily, like I, I can go to the shop, and I don't even have to think about moving and, and getting around and that, and that can be taken away f- from all of us in an instant, and the click of the fingers, touch wood again, but it can all be taken away, and you start to go, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> like, I just need to stay grounded in myself right now and be really grateful. And again, I'm not saying if it is all taken away, life is over. It's not. There's still plenty of magic, I'm sure, to be found in being. And that's where the real magic is in being. But at the same time, I'm sure that that would present ridiculous amounts of challenge that I can't even comprehend going through. And I am very grateful that I do have my mobility and I do have my health. And I'm hoping that this conversation is sparking that in you. So the mindset shift here for body image is gratitude and appreciation and zooming out and understanding how fleeting our existence is here on this earth and the capacity that we have as humans to be just being us in ourselves without anything else we give the capacity for others to love us which is a gift you know and it's a gift that we don't have to earn or any any of that and i think that that that's where the magic comes 
So it might not have been what you've typically heard about body image, but it's the most helpful perspective, I think, that I can offer you in terms of body image. Okay, so that's that. Let's talk about achievement. Achievement is a big one. It attaches to the perfectionism one. And for a lot of the women I coach, it's attaching achievement to self-worth. Okay, so it's like if I go to the gym and I don't beat what I did last week, I'm useless, I'm unworthy, this is shit, I hate everything, what's the point? That's typically the cycle that will happen. And I see people really having a hard time and getting quite depressed and upset because maybe they were competing for something and... (laughs) Sometimes they do amazingly well and they can't see it. All they can focus on is everything that didn't go to plan, um, every kilo, kilo that they didn't lift. And I just want to say a few things about this. So with training especially, showing up guarantees you nothing. Effort guarantees you nothing. You're guaranteed and you're entitled to zero when it comes to training. So just appreciate that for a moment and if we can stop being spoiled brats and lean into the appreciation that we're guaranteed nothing and we're not entitled to anything um, when it comes to training okay so if you haven't got it if you didn't hit that pb if you didn't increase your reps you haven't earned it and it's not to say you're a bad person or you're a shit person or you should be getting upset at yourself or throwing your hands up in the air and and saying it's in the too hard basket i mean by all means go do that but you're not going to have the success that you want you're not going to have the self-esteem you're not going to have the confidence the confidence the self-esteem the progression the success comes where you can cop that on the chin and go cool I got to show up next week. <laughs> and for some of us, that's what we love the most. So for example, sort of, I had a lifting situation this morning where I did a set and was worse than last week. And I actually thought, I sort of actually thought that the whole set was going to be a little bit worse because I was quite tired, but I did end up having a successful fourth set and then did beat the training volume from last week, but that doesn't always happen. And when that doesn't happen, I don't throw a hearsay fit. That's extremely childish to be doing that i just remind myself if i didn't get it it's not there on the day i haven't earned it it might be the next week it might be there the week after for some lifts it's taken me three to six months to hit to get past a plateau what happens when you've been training for many 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 years okay and it's just really important to ground yourself and take yourself out of that six-year-old attitude of being entitled and honestly being spoiled (laughs) this is not the arena for that and you're not going to find long-term success if you engage in those kinds of behaviors and again this is one of the reasons why i like training asks you to be better it asks you to be a better person because then you might have a similar situation occurring with a sibling or with a partner where again you're just feeling entitled to something that well no you know it's not it's not yours for the taking and we can't just throw tantrums like little kids we're adults and we should have some level of emotional regulation and intelligence and it's up to us to we can have those feelings we then we get to choose how we act on them so it's like yeah i can be pissed off in my head but i'm going to call that out and i'm gonna go i'm sorry you haven't earned it it's fine you've got to show up next week okay 
And again, in that there comes a lot of confidence and self-trust and self-esteem that you can't buy. <laughs> you can't buy these things. And again, one of the reasons why I love training, it really forces you to mold and practice these character traits over time. And then we end up getting to a period where we're like, shit, I'm really loving the character, the personality that I've built, you know. My little neat suit avatar is doing well. <laughs> All right, so um, the next one that I wanted to talk about is discomfort. And I wanted to talk about the discomfort that comes through being consistent because more often than not, especially with training and food, being consistent, well, maybe not so much with food because you can experiment and have some flexibility, but at least with training, there's going to come a point in time where things might feel a little bit boring and monotonous. And this is where I would say, it's like a relation, being in a relationship and believing that you're going to get everything out of the one person. It's completely unfair and unrealistic to put that burden on someone else. You have to give me everything. In one person? Are you kidding me? Like, that is just so unrealistic. And it's like, especially with my partner, I do talk to him about everything. But there are times where I'm doing that and I think that actually this conversation is better for a girlfriend. Like I know he's not interested in paint colors and furniture and stuff like that. And sometimes it gives me a lot of joy to have those conversations with him. But I don't need to expect him to be excited for me when we're talking about paint swatches. Having said that, I have girlfriends who dig it like it's the most it's the coolest thing to be able to have the conversations with them they really like it that was a little bit of a light-hearted example for you right but putting so many conditions on well i'm only going to show up if training gives me xyz then i think again we're being really unrealistic with what's possible so yes in training we can expect to some extent to help it help us with strength and to help us with muscle maths and to I wouldn't I wouldn't even say have fun that really depends on you and how you're approaching okay but I think in terms of expecting to absolutely love every single training session have so much fun in every single training session for it to always feel new and novel. It's just completely unrealistic. It's not. You're going to have shit sessions. You're going to not want to be there. It's going to feel boring and monotonous over time. This is just what happens. And again, you're going to have periods where you might set you know, goals to have some fun with maybe. Or you might do something on the side that's physical that gives you a bit of a rush that's not um, through training, like not expecting all of those needs to be met th- just through training alone. So for example, I have clients who play netball, who do rock climbing, who do running, who do cycling, who do marathons. Like I've got clients who love training and they want to get the physique outcomes that come with training or the strength outcomes that come with training. But they also engage in other, like volleyball, they do other fun things to get their kicks, right? So it's just being realistic with what are we expecting from training? What's reasonable to expect? Are we okay understanding that, again, especially with physique and strength, it's not a compounding interest situation. I am going to have to continually show up for as long as I want the the outcomes of those things. I'm going to have to continue to do that. Is there somewhere else I can get my kicks in terms of novelty or adrenaline or all of those types of other things that I think it is unreasonable to expect from training over time? 
I was thinking about the other day, the first couple of months of consistent training for me where I was really pushing things hard, there was this element of, I'm not sure, I don't even know the word for it. I know what the feeling is, but it was it was kind of like an exhilaration and, and a testing. Training now is really simple to me. Like I'm not... I'm not the best trainee. I've got a lot to learn and I still have a lot to practice in terms of consistently training to an RIR. It's not easy to do those sorts of things. So I'm not saying the actual skill level of training yet that I've mastered. I haven't. I've still got a long way to go. That's fine. But in terms of understanding the process and what I need to do on a logical sense, completely makes sense to me. Very, very simple. Same with nutrition. Six years ago, it seemed it seemed like completely complex and a minefield, and I didn't understand it. Now, very very simple on paper, and it's just a matter of me practicing the skills. But when I first started, there was the the novelty, the exhilaration. There are lots of feelings that I don't get anymore from training, and it's like just mourning the loss of that, but not thinking that there's anything wrong with training because those feelings are now gone. It's like being in a long term relationship. You don't leave a long-term relationship because it's boring because what happens with a relationship that's longer term, we now have a sense of safety. And I don't know too much about relationships, but I do understand desire is usually from a little bit of mystery and a little bit of wanting. And when we don't have that anymore, the positive side, the upside can be safety but it can come with feeling a little bit boring. And it's one of those dances you have to play in a relationship over time of like, how do we keep this fun to an extent? What can we do? And it could be spending time apart. It could be trying something new together, right? I'm not, I don't know why this has turned into a, a chat about relationships and I'm by no means an expert, but I just wanted to give you maybe an analogous example if you can't quite see it yet or you're not quite there with training because you might be there with relationships. You understand that. Those of you who have been in long-term relationships, you understand that spending time apart, pursuing different activities or doing new things together is really valuable. But we're looking at the same thing of training. You didn't give away the relationship. You're not giving away training because you're not feeling those feelings anymore. So there might be some discomfort that's coming with monotony, with consistency, with doing the same things over and over and over again. But again, because we don't have a compounding interest situation with training, this is what we got to do if we want those results. So the final thing that I did <clears throat> want to say that really sums all of this up in terms of the mindset of physique success, it so, so, so much is focusing on who we get to be in the process of achieving our goals. And again, goals can be whatever. They don't have to be fantastical to be worthwhile. And there's a book behind me that I talk about all the time called Strive, which I would highly recommend you read. But it talks about how for humans, we do so much better off in the strive. It's never the outcome that makes us happy because once we've done the thing, we adapt to it and then we're like, okay, cool. So what's next? But it's in the striving. It's in the process of doing the thing where we have to be a different person, where we have to be better, where we have to get curious about how can we try something differently you know, to, to potentially get a different outcome. So it's really approaching all of this with that mindset of, it's like a growth mindset of practicing skills. We're all capable of different things. 
who are we being? Do we like who we are? Do we have respect for the behaviors that we're engaging in? And if we don't, it's okay, but how can we cultivate that? And it's in this mindset that I see the women stick around and then continue to get progress because they can get through the hard times because it's not the outcome that matters to them most. It's who they're being. And you can be a person you're not proud of and get an outcome. I've done that. Or you can not get the outcome, but be showing up in a way that makes you really proud. That's where the magic is. And so every time you go to quick fix or outcome, or why isn't this happening fast enough? Or why isn't this? Or I'm not happy with this, blah, 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 blah. Come back to who are you being? Are you happy with that? Is that satisfying you? Where is the magic in the the daily being of who you need to be? And it's that that pays many more dividends year on year on year and for the people around you because a rising tide rises all ships. You learning all of these different character traits and skills that you're able to express through training is going to lead to better interactions, more understanding, more empathy with those people around you. You, you. you might even be more generous with your time, generous with teaching and helping. All of those all of those character traits will help build up people around you and then you have a, a ripple effect with the wider community as well. Isn't that so much more worthwhile than, well, you know, I got to my goal scale weight by hardly eating anything and dehydrating myself like fucking whoop-de-doo. Who were you to get there? A pretty shit person. And who are you the very next day after that outcome has been achieved? You've got nowhere. Maybe you've gone backwards. Maybe you're a shittier person. And maybe the way you're treating everyone else around you uh, is worse off. They're worse off for knowing you. <laughs> Okay, that's not what we want, okay? We want to, as best as we can, again, giving ourselves grace for being human and imperfect and making mistakes and having to say sorry. We want to be that person, okay? So I wonder how that sat with you. I'd really appreciate if you're watching on YouTube, if you want to comment below, if you're listening to the podcast, if you want to shoot me a message, a little bit of a different track for talking about physique success and mindset. But over the last... 20 years or so I feel like this is an accumulation of all of that and when I think now to my training and how like I said before it's very simple to me it doesn't seem like a magical process anymore but it did it seemed very complicated and like it was only reserved for other people this is what I can pass on and hope that it helps you enjoy this process more get better results but also in the process in and of itself just have a little bit more fun. So that's it from me. I do have my final spots open for online coaching inside the Glam Body Program. So if you're like, you know what, I need a piece of this. I like the way Amy speaks. I like the way she converses. And I think I'm going to get a lot out of it in terms of training, nutrition, strength, muscle mass. Then make sure you DM me at the underscore female physique hub. And we can get you into the Glam Body Program. So that is it for me. Thank you.